What's up? What's up? Hey, Joe here, REI in your car, Real Estate Investing Mastery Podcast. Glad you're here. I'm actually in my car right now driving back home from a couple video shoots. Now, I'm not one of those guys that, you know, has people follow him around with a camera, like some social media influencer or something like that. But I hired a friend of mine and we just did some videos. And I'm doing some videos for content for my YouTube channel and also for some ads to create ads to invite people to watch a webinar, or attend a class or get a book or something like that. And the first video I did, I think I did a podcast recently after me after I did it, talking about it. It was, um, I went to a property, my first wholesale deal made about 13, 14 grand on it. A small little town, about an hour outside of St. Louis and went to go see the house for the first time. It was crazy. 13 years ago, I did my first wholesale deal. Never saw the house. We sold it within a day. I bought it for 63, sold it for 79, made all kinds of mistakes on the deal, but still made money on it. It's a fun story. I went to go see the house and videoed me at the house. So you might see it on my YouTube channel soon or maybe in one of my ads. But today I went and did some videos on the the first house that I ever did a lease option on, which was pretty cool. It was actually a house that I lived in. We moved and we did a lease option on it. And, and this is one of the reasons why I love lease options so much. On this lease option house, we had a tenant buyer in there. He had a, a young family, husband and wife, couple kids. And unfortunately, they were there for a couple years and then they got divorced. So the wife left, but the husband stayed there for another five years. So for seven years, they never bought the house, but for seven years, guys, as a lease option, I never got one phone call to fix anything. The tenant just fixed it all himself. In fact, when I got the house back, it was in better condition after he left than it was when, I, when, I, when we moved away from it was in better condition. And also, he never missed a mortgage payment or a rent, rent payment. He never missed one over seven years. He was late a couple times and it was usually just because he forgot. But yeah, man, so cool. After having this horrible experience of being a landlord by accident on a property that we lived in, my wife and I bought a house. We lived in it for about 10 months and then the company I was working for said, hey, we want you to go to California for two years. So we just rented our house out with a property management company. It was a nightmare. The tenants called every week practically, felt like with something that was broken that we needed to fix. We got tired of paying a plumber $50 an hour to replace something that I could do in like 10 minutes. And then the property management company was just a hassle to deal with and the tenants were late every single month. So it was a hassle. And I remember leaving that experience, this was 2001, thinking, all right, I'm never going to own rental property. Landlords is for the birds. Never, 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 never want to do that again. Fast forward a few years, I read a book. I heard somebody recommend a book to me called The Secrets of a Millionaire Landlord. I think it's out, I'm sure it's out of print, but he had a chapter in there talking about lease options. And so a few years later, we bought another house and we rapidly outgrew it as we started getting more and more kids. We thought, well, we don't want to sell it. We don't want to rent it out and be a landlord. What if we did a lease option on it? And so we did. And yeah, that tenant buyer lived there for seven years, never called us once to fix anything. He just fixed it himself and was never, 
uh, never missed a mortgage payment or a rent payment. Cool. Well, he moved out and we got another tenant buyer in there and they were a little more difficult, but they actually did a bunch of work to fix the house up and make it even nicer. They were late a lot and we did have to finally evict them. And that's when we decided it had been about, what, 12, 13 years. And we decided, you know, let's just sell it. So we did. And we made about $170,000 profit on this house. Amazing, huh? $170,000 profit. Well, awesome. So I did another video. Or here's what I wanted to talk about. <laughs> did another video after that one uh, about my first big failure in business, um, in life, maybe, in business. I may have had a lot of failures, but this is one of the biggest, most humiliating ones. Because after we moved out of that house, we moved into another home, a much bigger house, much bigger than we could probably afford at the time. But, you know, this is when it was easy to get mortgages, if you could fog a mirror. We knew it was going to be a stretch, but yeah, you know what? We've got this. We can handle it. Not a big deal. And it wasn't actually we. It was me who was saying that. My wife was uh, just along for the ride in some ways, but trusted me to take care of it and trusted me that I knew what I was doing with this house. And I remember her questioning me thinking, can we really afford this house? And so anyway, it was, uh, it was a house that was out of our league. We should never have moved into it. And, uh, we eventually later on a couple after a couple years being in there, uh, lost it to foreclosure. Um, we actually had we did a short sale on it, but, um, it's just as bad. I mean, it was on our credit for seven years. I had to wait seven years before it was removed from our credit. But uh, that was started the process probably 2009, 10, 11 or so, where it was a, kind of the dark low point of my life, of my business, because I had a bunch of properties and I lost them all, except for two of them, to foreclosures or short sales. We deeded them back to the owners. I had done a lot of subject twos. I had a lot of private money. I'll tell you this, though. I, I've paid back all of my private lenders. I never walked away from a single private lender. I paid all of my private lenders back with interest, made them whole. And all of the properties that I bought subject to, I never missed a seller's mortgage payment. Um, but consequently, because of that, I got behind on our own mortgage payments. And this house, this beautiful house that we were going to live in forever, that was the house that I lost to foreclosure. Sad story. I got a lot of really awesome memories there, but some bad ones too, like coming home from uh, something late at night on a Friday night and the, all the electricity was turned off. We couldn't get in the house because we couldn't open the garage door opener. And uh, then we had to break in the window and use candles for lights. And I'm telling the kids, you know, hey, we're going to go camping inside the house tonight. And it, we made it fun, but man, I couldn't pay the electric bill, the stinking electric bill. And then we had to wait until Monday to turn it back on because they were closed and they couldn't send somebody there to the meter. And oh my gosh, uh, I remember one time my wife was was pregnant. I don't know why I'm telling you all this, but it's embarrassing. <laughs> but this is the way it is, and I, I have a point in telling you all of this as well. Okay, my point is, God can turn your mess into a message. Ooh, how do you like that? I got that from church. God can turn your mess into a message. Well. You know, my wife was pregnant. She got a uh, knock on the door from the sheriff. And the sheriff was delivering a foreclosure notice from the bank. And my wife had only known about the problems that I was in. Because I had all these rental properties. And I was trying to 
uh, keep them from foreclosure and trying to pay off my private lenders and refinance and you know it was just a disaster but she didn't know we were behind on our mortgage payment until we had missed two months and then I had to tell her yeah we were we're two months behind and if we don't make the next payment then we're gonna be three months behind which initiates the short sale foreclosure proceedings or whatever so yeah man I, I was a mess I was a disaster I was an idiot and um, just trying to fix these problems, digging myself in a deeper and deeper hole while I was hiding, burying my head in the sand, but at the same time trying to fix it without letting anybody know. And none of our neighbors knew. So it was, some of you can relate. I'm just wondering here, if you're listening to this, can any of you relate? And um, I think you can. Some of you, at least one of you maybe can relate. But here's the thing. It was because of all of that that my back was fighting against the wall. And I said, doggone it, that's enough. That's enough, right? And I was at this point too where I'd bought a lot of houses, but I bought them all wrong. And I wanted to learn wholesaling and I was trying to, because I needed to make, I needed a way to make quick cash, fast cash, right? And I wanted to do wholesaling, but I was stuck in analysis paralysis. I was buying course after course after course and thinking, that somebody had some secret magic pill that, you know, if I just bought one more course, if I just, I'll take what this guy does and this guy does and this lady teaches and I'll kind of combine it and, and then I'll learn how to, and I'll do it or whatever. Well, big mistake because I was, um, I was a professional student for two or three years. A lot of you have heard me tell the story. So I finally got to a point where I said, all right, that's enough. I'm going to actually just do what I'm learning here. I'm going to stop learning and I'm going to start doing because I got frustrated with spending more money on my education than I was making. So it was at this point where my back really was against the wall and that was what pushed it for me. You know, it was embarrassing. It was humiliating. I felt like I was leading, leading, letting my family down, our friends, our neighbors, everybody who knew us. And it was uh, devastating to me. So I, I said, all right, I'm going to do it. And then it was shortly after that, that I really turned it around with God's help and my wife's help started really actually doing deals, wholesaling, um, making cash that we could actually pay the bills with. You know what I mean? So anyway, um, I, I, one more thing I want to tell you, and then I'm done here. Don't let your failures define you. A lot of you guys, we all have failures in places that we've, things that we've done to messed up, screwed up. And if you don't have any failures yet, <laughs> just wait, just wait. Cause they're coming. We all have failures we all have make big mistakes, big, ugly, messy mistakes. And it's sad. I, you know, it's embarrassing to talk about. I don't like talking about it. You know, I've done, I've done other episodes talking about the, the taxes, the tax problems that I have. And this was one of the things that precipitated the, the huge IRS tax debts that I had that I paid off. But here's the thing. I look back at that and, and as many times it's not the successes that defines a man. It's the rebounds that define a man or a woman, right? It's it's the failures, but the getting back up and rebounding, the boomerang, right? Where you, you, you fall, you hit the ground, but you bounce back up. You never quit, give up. You try again, and failure is not an option. For me, that's what happened. I, I hit rock bottom, and I didn't quit. I didn't give up. I refused to give up. And I said, let's make lemonade out of these lemons or whatever. But uh, I learned some real valid, important principles of business. 
And I learned how to um, stay out of bad deals. I learned how that the profit is made when you buy a deal, not when you sell it. And I did not buy this property right. I was way over leveraged. I learned the importance of staying out of debt and having multiple exit strategies and uh, look always looking at the worst case scenario and having a, a, a contingencies for worst case scenarios. Does that make sense? So yeah, if you have failures in your past or maybe you're in the middle of a failure right now, okay, don't give up. Don't get too discouraged. Um, it's hard. It's not easy. You know, I look back at my faith in God uh, helped me tremendously. My, my awesome, amazing, loving wife stuck through with me and didn't quit and give up on me. Yeah, so I, I'm super blessed, super grateful. Look back at these disasters of mistakes and failures that I had. I think, God, you still had mercy on me. You know, you still helped me through. Looking back at this and thinking, man, that mess turned into a message. Now I can help other people avoid the same mistakes I've made. I can help other people who maybe have been through these things let them know that there is still hope. You can get out of that. You can look back and 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 not be, yeah, just don't beat yourself up. Don't look back and, and be, be so discouraged. You know what I'm saying? Don't let other people define you by your past failures. Don't define yourself by your past failures. Things are going to get better. Take from what you did in the past, learn from it, build on it, and become a stronger, better you. Hope that makes sense. Doesn't sound too cliche. Um, yeah, I think it's important that you look back. Remember kind of where you came from, where you are now. And um, if you're in the valley, just, what's that song? If you're going through hell, keep on going. <laughs> Don't stop. <laughs> oh man, that's the one of the, the, the um, mottos of my life, right? If you're going through hell, don't stop. All right, that's all I wanted to say, okay? Don't let uh, your failures define you. All right, guys, I'll see you later. God bless. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye.